Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right, we are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have Mark McGuire with us. Mark is the founder of Hearth Hearth Fire Holdings. I had said that one right, nailed it first time. Uh, Mark Mark has a really good story, a lot of different experience. So I'm really excited to hear kind of how he got to where he is today. Uh, Mark, thanks for showing up. Gabe, thanks for having me on, man. Excited. Absolutely. Um, I told you before we got on the show, we like to hear stories. Uh, so I know you got a ton of varied experience. I'm sure there's lots of ups and downs. Why don't you give us um, you know, some highlights? What were some, some crazy experience along the way that you've had so far? Yeah. So um, you know, my story got started in real estate back in 2012. So you know, people are still trying to figure out where the bottom of the market was, at least in, in my area, um, Northwest Philadelphia suburbs. And like, oh, um, man, that is perfect. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, right. So, it was one of those things. I got started in residential real estate sales. And, you know, if you took a listing, you, it was like you were begging people to show it. And then if they did show it, and the off chance that they did, you were, you were even further begging them to bring you an offer. You're like, hey, look, just bring me an offer. I'll Not start anything. a conversation, anything. <laughs> so, uh, got started in residential real estate sales. Um, had been working in residential property management, like multifamily, like C-class oh, wow. property management as the the assistant to the maintenance guy, not even the maintenance guy. <laughs> the I was like to the property manager. Yeah. The assistant to the maintenance guy. <laughs> and so, um, you know, just kind of worked my way up from the bottom and, you know, got an understanding of construction and kind of learned a lot on the job and, um, you know, started investing. I was fortunate to be able to, you know, put my head down, work, make some money. And I always lived low and invested heavy. And um, just started investing hard, and um, you know, started getting into commercial assets. Started buying up from single-family condos to multifamily, and then started understanding commercial real estate and commercial debt and how that all worked. And um, found my way into self-storage, and it's been history since there. The rest is history, as they say. Um, I got to say, you are the first person who uh, who got started as a property manager on the show. That is, you know, you'd think in real estate you'd hear that story more often, and I'm sure it gives you like a lot of you know, getting into actually investing, owning your own properties, it gives you a very good foundational, you know, knowledge and education base to to work off of. Because, man, property managers, you guys are the you're the heroes of the real estate world for sure. I'll put it to you this way: property management. I that would that's like a couple steps above my pay grade. I was like the lackey <laughs> to the maintenance guy who got called when the toilet got clogged. I was right. the guy who humped all the tools up to the third floor and then like handed in the things he needed. That's how I got started. <laughs> nice. Please don't give me such high. So advice. you have a good appreciation for anything. Anytime shit goes wrong in your properties, you're like, I, I get it, man. I've been there. Don't worry. About I'm happy it. to pay somebody for it, and whatever they charge me, you know, I know how long it should take, and as long as it's not egregious, I'll I'll, I'll I'll pay with a smile on my face. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, you know, from that property management job, how did what was the first deal that you did? Like, how did you? Was it a syndicated deal that you were um, that you were putting in as as a passive investor, or did you no, actually buy your? First I bought property? my own stuff. So I was in yeah. residential real estate sales as a real estate agent. Okay. Um, realized that I didn't want to do property management uh, maintenance anymore, and it was like understandable. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's like the endless supply of work because tenants know how to break anything and everything. And like, 
if you want to actually test durability, put it in a rental unit because that will truly tell you how, how rough and tumble it is. But we ended up going and um, I ended up buying my own rental properties like condos. I got to start with condos. Mm. And um, condos were hard to get financed back then because there was warrant things around what's called warrantability. And um, I would go in after I was working as a property maintenance professional. I use air quotes lightly. <laughs> um, I would go and work at night after my job was up, and I would like turn like do all the maintenance and all the turnover and everything for those condos. So um, I bought two of those, and then realized like at a certain point I wanted to start buying bigger mm-hmm. and you know get more cash flow because. It's good when you have a tenant in there paying your monthly nut, but when one tenant moves out, all of a sudden you go from 100% occupied to 0% occupied and you're you know, going into the red. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Single tenant, uh, anything can be, pre- can be a little bit of a, a stressful experience, you know, even, even industrial. I've, uh, I, I don't have any industrial myself, but whenever I see, you know, have somebody on the podcast who's in industrial, they got that single tenant who has... Hundred thousand square feet of uh, of warehouse space. I'm like, man, that's gotta, it's gotta be rough. Um, so you you got into condos. That was your first thing. You knew that that's not where you wanted to stay because you were seeing you couldn't really scale it where you were. You wanted to have a little bit more cash flow. Um, you used a word that I like to, to talk about on the show: uh, buying up. I think that's a really good um, strategy and mindset to take when you're getting into real estate. What? Um, how did you take that first step to really, you know, go to the next level and buy up? Luck. I mean, <laughs> me too, know, man. Me too. I swear to God, it was luck. It's luck. And, you know, so many people, I think, overstate like what they've done and, and they, they understate how much they've been aided and abetted by the favorable market tailwinds, which now we're going to face some headwinds with respect to interest rates and how all that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, coming into play in light of the fed, you know, just hiking rates, you know, 75 basis points uh, a couple of days ago, people who invested in real estate in 2012 and got started. And I'm one of them, by the way, we don't know what a down market really is. Like we don't know what it's like to weather the top and then come down when you're whole, when you have debt or it's one thing when you're, you're like waiting on the sidelines to jump in, but we're talking, you know, now it's a matter of we, we got debt on it. We have rent. Is the rent going to go down? Cause everyone mm-hmm. always assumes rent goes up, which it doesn't all the time. And, and that doesn't, that's, that's asset class agnostic, by the way, it doesn't matter whether you're multifamily, it doesn't matter whether you're industrial, it doesn't matter whether you're in, I mean, look at office, look at retail. They just got hammered the last couple of years. Yeah. So it's, the real the cream is going to rise to the top you know the people that got started in 2012 11 10 that anything you bought looked good and if you bet on appreciation you still came out okay even if you made poor assumptions yep yeah i uh, i never i always say you should never bet on appreciation when you're or at least i don't like to bet on appreciation when i'm doing my underwriting because that's not something that it's just not it's not tangible it's not something that i can really guarantee. Um, you, whenever you do your underwriting, in my opinion, you should always look at the numbers that are happening today and just peg them on that because that's something that is, that's, that's, that's working. Yep. Totally agreed. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you already talked about the fed rate. I saw that yesterday. I was like, God damn, it's, it's happening. This is a, uh, this is real. Um, where I know you're in self-storage, that's your, your bread and butter. You know, I am too. I love, uh, love the asset class. Um, but there's been a lot of talk about, you know, is it going to weather this recession as well as it did the previous recessions? Um, how is it going to look in the, in, the, in the long run? So what is your take on, uh, 
self-storage specifically, and then we can just talk about the the general market. Where is real estate going in the next um, one, two, three years? I think you're going to see a real uh, stark contrast between those who innovate and want to evolve and those who just stick to their guns to, with respect to what's always worked. Yeah. So REITs have been buying. Capital has been insanely cheap. REITs are super well positioned. If you look at the balance sheets of these REITs, man, these things, they're, they're debt to asset values like nothing. And the, they are poised to go on a buying spree. And what they're going to do is wait for people to get hammered. I mean, they've been buying along the way because they have such a low cost of capital. But when it gets turbulent, that's when what that's when the people who are heavy in cash come in and just annihilate market share. And I think that that's what's really going to happen. You have the REITs coming in, buying the people up who are antiquated, who are you know sizable. They really want certain size units, like you know, 40, 50,000 square feet and above is really where they want to play. But the mom and pop, you know, the whole moniker of mom and pop and all the fragmented ownership, mom and pops aren't as unaware of things as everyone makes them out to be. Yeah. They're not, they know, they know how in demand self storage (laughs) is. So this whole thing where it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to go buy mom and pop facility and then I'm going to come in and I'm going to, you know, you know, raise rents and they're way under market rent. Like that was like 2015, 2016. That hasn't happened in a couple of years. It's yeah. just a story people keep telling. Yeah. So I think you're going to have the, you, you are going to have true mom and pop people who are just tired and they're going to just cash out. And then I think you have say, other I mean, people who are going to innovate. I'm, yeah. You have other people who are going to innovate and they're going to just take down, they're going to just rip rents. And then what happens is if everybody's ripping rents because the mom and pops start to go and sell. That means that you have more sophisticated ownership groups coming in and operating them with at true market capabilities. You're just going to have a rise in asset values in certain markets. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that is that's what I like to hear. Um, the innovation, and especially in self storage, I always I'm always curious on how you know it's such a I like it because it's a very standard. Um, not sexy asset class. It's just easy to run. It it makes it's a lot efficient. Of sense. It's efficient. It's efficient. Yes. And so whenever I think about self storage and innovation, um, those two words just kind of clash in my mind. So I'm like, how are you? How are how is somebody going to innovate self storage? It's it's just so bland and so standard that it's uh, I don't really see a lot of innovation happening there. But then you know, famous last words. Whenever you say that, that's when somebody comes in and totally turns something upside down. So. We'll see where that goes. Yep. Um, so self-storage, what else, uh, what other asset classes are you guys, is that all you do or do you focus on other stuff? Yeah, with Hearthfire, all we do is self-storage. I mean, that's the only thing we, we're, we're in. Um, until there's a reason to not be in it, I, I don't anticipate us uh, getting out, frankly. Um, there's still a lot of opportunity in self-storage and you know it has really f- performed well in both the... Um, you know, the Great Recession and the COVID um, era. So it's done really well. It captures movement in the economy. Now, the, and, and that's, up, that's movement up or movement down. It doesn't matter. So I'll be fascinated to see, you know, talking a little bit off, off before the show, I'll be fascinated to see it, as interest rates rise and the Fed does aim to slow inflation and they make people think, about borrowing money instead of just you know more debt, more debt, more debt, more debt. 
I'll be interested to see how self-storage does. I, I, I think rates are already starting to even out and the his, this meteoric rise we've been on for the last two years is definitely not sustainable. It's, it's already slowing. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's funny. You mentioned, um, uh, that self-storage performs in both up and down. And I, I know we don't want to like focus hundred percent self-storage right now, but, uh, I do have one story you're talking about, you know, self-storage going, um, performing well in both an up and a down market when people for, move for both directions. And I was having a conversation with my mom recently because she was, you know, she knows I own a lot of self-storage and she was worried that, you know, people aren't going to have money. They're going to, they're not going to rent their space. And I was explaining to her, like, when there's a down market, um, people downsize and they, you know, they need somewhere to put all that stuff. They need it all the same. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it works both directions up and down. Um, people always need that, that little bit of extra space, especially if you're talking about apartment owners or apartment livers. (coughs) All right. So, um, I took a peek at the clock. We are rounding in before we go to the quick question round though. I do want to ask what is the next step for you guys? What is the next big, uh, big move that you're looking to make? Yeah. One of the biggest moves that we're looking to make is, is actually development. Um, oh, wow. we've, okay. we've come into some really great relationships on the, the construction development side of the house. And um, we're finding that it's becoming increasingly difficult right now, especially with respect to the cost of capital with interest rates. It's hard to make people, sellers, there's a gap between what sellers want and what you can prudently pay for a facility. Sellers are getting such a high price per foot and on, on existing. And the only real juice right now is on existing plus expansion. There's really not a whole lot of revenue to, to play with. That is, you're, you're preaching, preaching the choir here, man. I, uh, it's exactly what I'm thinking. We actually, we're buying a property right now um, for $90 per square foot, like absurd for, you know, outdoor regular self-storage, much more than it should be. Single story drive up? Single story drive up. Yep. 90 per square foot. But it has, it's already um, been permitted. It's already planned for a huge expansion. And that's the only reason that we're going to be, you know, we're buying it for such high rate. Um, so I love that you said that. That's uh, that's what I like to hear. Construction. Do you have a specific uh, metro that you're looking to expand or build into? Or um, is it just wherever you find the opportunity? Yeah. So we're in the mid-Atlantic and the eastern Midwest. Um, so we have facilities in um, like very eastern part of Illinois and western part of Indiana, um, Pennsylvania. Uh, we have one under contract right now in Delaware, and we're looking at another one in Virginia. Cool. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you for, for sharing everything you've shared so far. Um, it is time for the quick question round. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Starts with books or any form of education. Uh, give me two of them. Uh, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific. Uh, the Almanac of Naval Ravikant. I just finished reading that. That book just just destroyed me in the best way possible. <laughs> that book. That's funny. Was that somebody just recommended that. I just bought it on Amazon yesterday, and I'm uh, I'm excited to read it. It's, the crazy you know, part. So you can't actually get the book for free. I chose to pay for it. I I you know when someone's putting something into the world and it's doing good, like I want to. I want. I'm putting making deposits in the Karma Bank. I guess. Yep. Yep. But uh, so that's my general life book. Um, real estate. Man, it's been a while since I can I recommend a business book? Yeah, 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 for sure. I um a business book that really totally shook me to my core too, actually, was Profit First. Mm. Um, that one was a big one for me by Mike Michalowicz. And then Rocket Fuel. Rocket Fuel, uh, that's by Gino Wickman. 
I think those three books are my three most recommended books to anybody. All right. I've heard of both Profit First and Rocket Fuel. I haven't picked them up yet. I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, uh, Rocket I'm Fuel for, for sure for you. Rocket Fuel? Yeah. All right. And it's I'm easy to read, it. too. Um, perfect. And that leads us to the next question. This one is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Mark who was you know, going around, scrubbing the toilets, uh, bringing the guys, the, the main property manager, the tools that he needs... Go to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Man, that's a good question. Be patient and keep your head down. I think sometimes you want to force things too much. I mean, I'm an impatient, super type A guy. And sometimes I get frustrated with lack of progress. So sometimes it's just a matter of be patient, keep your head down, play the long game. I like it. Patience is definitely a virtue, especially when it comes to real estate. That leads us to the next question. Um, this one is for the United States. It's a huge place, lots of opportunity out there, lots of square miles to buy up. Um, so if you could point to one metro that is not your, your backyard, what is the metro you are most excited about? Hmm. Interesting. You know, I I I think the Wilmington, North Carolina MSA is super interesting. Hmm. Uh, also, like Raleigh Durham uh, Metro, I think is also. I mean, the the amount of people pouring into Raleigh Durham the, into the research triangle is crazy. Nice, and I think Boeing just went out there, didn't they? Some some other big companies. Uh, I'm not positive. I mean, I'm not actively looking there. It's like stuff that you know. It's like you're kind of consuming, mm-hmm. you know, news and kind of looking. At different things, that just seems both of those places. Carolinas just are on freaking fire. Yeah, they're affordable for now. Yeah, for now. Charleston is actually uh, uh, my girlfriend and I's favorite city to visit. Freaking love that city. I've called brokers left and right trying to find a, a good self storage to buy out there, just because I want an excuse to go out to Charleston every once in a while. You gotta write it off. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. That leads us to the next question. And this is uh, tools. Tools are, we have, a. I use a lot of tools in my business and I'm sure you do too. Um, we all have our favorite tools. So what is one you know tool, software tool that you use on the daily um, that you feel is uh, has contributed the most to your business? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's my phone. <laughs> Easy. But I mean, if you were enough. to ask for, I don't know, a more specific phone, I mean, depends on what you're going for, but if you want contact data, I think that Reonomy is probably one of the best tools you can get. Reonomy, yep. I, uh, I've i been toying with getting a, a subscription to um, uh, oh my god, what, CoStar. Um, but they are so expensive. It's just like... It's yeah, Reonomy is, I don't think, quite as expensive as CoStar, but Reonomy is you know, definitely definitely not cheap. But from a, from a data perspective, that's what the top uh, commercial brokerage firms are using as their data sources. Nice. And triangulating it all. I love it. All right. And that leads us to the very last question. This is for um, the listeners. You've given us a lot of good advice. So what is the best way for somebody to reach out and get in contact with you? Yeah. Best way for somebody to get in contact, um, investingwithmark.com, M-A-R-K. Um, that'll take you right to our contact page with Hearthfire and uh, shoot me an email. All right. Investingwithmark.com. I will put that URL in the show notes. So if you all want to reach out to Mark, just click a little more in the description They'll pull down the full description in there. You can find Mark's URL or you can just remember it. It's pretty easy to remember. <laughs> yep. So Mark, uh, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, Gabe. Been a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. 
For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, as always, reach out to me, Gabe at the Real Estate Investing Club.com. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can go home with and apply to your own investing business. Before you go, I have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to take your business to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you available on the website. This ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find a deal that's actually a deal, how to finance that deal with little to no money down, and how to exit a deal for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I'm going to bury you in bonuses, seven of them to be exact. First, you'll get the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems and processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating real wealth in real estate. Then you'll get the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools and systems and even the vendors we use to grow our business. After that, you will get the top 100 best performing keywords pack, which will give you the exact keywords we use to target leads online and generate leads without having to lift a finger. Next, you'll get the contracts bundle for wholesaling and renting real estate, which will give you access to all of the contracts we use in the field to execute all types of transactions. After that, you'll get the investor's quick analysis calculator and offer tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. Next up, we'll give you the Investor's Daily Success Tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And finally, you will get the Wholesaler's Template for Quick Assignment Cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently to our buyers. I know that is a ton of things to say. I'm glad you were able to stick with it. Uh, so you'll get both the ebook and all of those seven free bonuses when you download the ebook today. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you are interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page and take advantage of that deal. With that housekeeping item covered, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, 
go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at Gabe at the Real Estate Investing Club.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.